Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to hour number two of Bagels and Bad Beats with your truly Scott Wetzel on this Monday morning. You're taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. The toll-free telephone number, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. Follow me on Twitter. You can tw- uh, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Pick. Email me. Go to the website, officeofpicks.com, hit the contact Scott icon, and uh, fire away. A lot to get to in this uh, second hour, including our good buddy Jared Smith, who hosted the morning after, co-hosted with uh, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern time. We'll get to to Jared in about uh, about the 40, 45 minutes or so. Uh, We'll chat with him with a number of different things, including maybe the Belmont from Saturday, which uh, yours truly, I gave you another winner, but this is, this is a great example of how you can't beat the boys in Vegas. It, it really is. I gave you the winner. Uh, as I've now done, I think it's five out of the last seven Triple Crown races. It's either four or five out of the last seven. I think I've actually won money on one of those winning races. Gave you uh, tis the law. Loved the horse. Loved it. It was, it was no question it was going to win. It did handily. Had to rally down the stretch, but it did one handily. And it went off. There was a four to five favorite, as I thought it would. I, I even thought it would go up as a three to five favorite, but it actually paid three sixty. But that wasn't good enough. No, you know, God forbid that should be good enough. No, of course not. Not for yours truly. So we gave you the winner, nice and easy. Walk away with a nice chunk of change. But did we do that? No. Why? Because we give you Soul Volante and Modernist as our two and three horses that we were going to use in our trifecta parlay, and those freaking horses are going to be dog meat in about a week from now. They're still running. Good gravy. Just never, never, neither one of them never even threatened from start to finish. Just absolute dogs. So this is a great example of how you can't beat the boys in Vegas, even when you do win, even when you have a winner, even when I kidnap you a winner, right, as I did. Here you go. Gave me the winner. And that's not enough because we weren't going to make enough money. So you try and put the exacta or the trifecta in, and it blows up our ticket. Unfreaking believable. Even when we win, we lose with the boys in Vegas. Sad but true. NFL stuff coming up next on Vegas and Bad Beats. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Bagels and back meat. Set up on day four. And here's the Scott Weston. Again, take the right up to 7 a.m. 584-3-6879. Just watching some of the stuff on Twitter, some of the things that people send out. It's just, it is just comical. Some of the videos that they come up with, people beating the snot out of each other, saying Black Lives Matter, you know, kind of like making a mockery of it. And as the black people are, are beating up on black people and whites are beating up on whites and just. Uh, so just the social unrest, God, it's, it's never going to go away, sadly. You're always going to have incidents, and this latest one, the news thing, is uh, you know adding more fuel to the fire. Well, let, let's hope they find out who did it. Uh, cross your fingers on somehow or another trying to explain it away. You know, you don't want to think people think like that, right? I mean, it's just like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, how, how is that possible in this day and age? But, I, you know, this is what, you know, they're fighting for. So, And I got to tell you, the more and more... I'm not into NASCAR. You know what? Um, Anything that has to do with the left, and they make nothing but left-hand turns, I tend to shy away from. So even in NASCAR. But although I was in a car one time uh, when the – what was the name of the race? Uh, It was at the Meadowlands in New Jersey. A couple – like two years. Um, Well, this was back in the 80s, late 80s. I forget. One of the Grand Prix races they held at the Meadowlands, a a popular one. Not the Indy 500, obviously. but. so I actually was in, it wasn't a NASCAR car, but it was a, a Grand Prix car. I was actually in one of those cars. The, the media members got to do a little test run. And I was in there with uh, the f- a female driver who I forget who it exactly was. One of my all-time great radio moments. I actually did play-by-play with this broad as we're driving around the racetrack, right, going about two, 200 miles an hour. I'm actually interviewing her doing like 200 miles an hour. It was actually pretty good. I thought it was actually funny. So... But that's about that's my extent of uh, auto racing, and I was at the Daytona 500 one year uh, with the Wetzel Black Cloud. I won't even have to tell you which year it was, and um, that's it. So I I shy away. So, but the more I hear uh, and read from Bubba Wallace, you know what? I, I like this guy. I do. I, I'm I'm gonna root for the guy. Uh, I know Martin Truex Jr. is from New Jersey. I found that out last week, so I'll be rooting for him since I'm a Jerseyan, and I'll be rooting for for Bubba Wallace because instead of and I you know, I praised him two weeks ago when he had the stuff on his car, the Black Lives Matter. He did it very nicely. It wasn't over the top. Didn't throw it in your face. We praised him on how he decorated his car. He wanted to get a statement out there, but he did it, I thought, in a, in a nice, classy way. And same thing here. You know, he's not yelling and screaming, looking for heads and getting even and this and that, uh, like maybe some others would be doing. He, he, I thought he, you know, very dignified statement, you know, saying that it's sad that this thing is still happening. But so, I, you know, again, the more and more I read slash year from Bubba Wallace, the more and more I respect him. And uh, if we had the attitude that he had, I think uh, we'd be in a, in a, in a better place. That, that's for sure. How about the Dallas Cowgirls uh, offering up uh, the franchise tag, which they've done. Now it's, it's Dak signing it. So it's $31 plus million for Dak Prescott. Um, and don't be, you know, you wonder why things occur. Well, Former Dolphins and Jets executive Mike Tannenbaum saying that uh, now Prescott uh, has holds all the cards and has enormous leverage, his exact words, in this situation because he's going to make thirty plus one million dollars this year, and if they franchise him again next year, it's going to be right around thirty-seven, thirty-eight million dollars, which is true. And the one thing I always point out to people with these franchise tags is. You can't spread that over two, three, four years. He signs a franchise tag, as he did, and if it stands, if they don't come up with a new contract, which they can, uh, they have another couple of weeks, 
then all $31 million has to go on the cap this year. So it's, it's, they can't spread it out. And that's sometimes for teams, that's a big hit. Now the Cowgirls can do it. They would still have over $10 million left, but that, that's not easy to do. But that is the really one downfall for teams because I get asked all the time, you know, why wouldn't teams just do this all the time? That's why. Uh, one, you can only do it one a year. Uh, but two, because when it's this kind of money, you got to fit all $31 million uh, onto your cap. And while teams could do it, uh, you know, it does prevent them sometimes from making other moves, i.e., in the case of the Cowboys, trading for, you know, Jamal Adams, maybe. But Tannenbaum saying that now Prescott has enormous leverage, that, that, that you know, this is why he's a former Dolphins Jets executive and not a current Dolphins or Jets executive. He doesn't hold any leverage. No, he does not. And listen, $31 million, that, that's the going rate. You know, right, right around 25 you know, maybe is the, the medium, but 31 might be on the upper, you know, tier of things. But that's what quarterbacks make nowadays in the NFL. If, if, you're, if you're a general manager and you're setting up your salary cap slash budget, you have to slot in $25 million for a quarterback. You just do. Now, some teams have the luxury that they don't, i.e. the Kansas City Chefs with, uh, you know, Pat Mahomes. But that's all going to change in a couple of years. But it, it doesn't change who holds the leverage. Ultimately, Dallas holds the leverage because ultimately they could just let him go. And I just disagree on the value of Dak Prescott. I just don't think he's that great of a quarterback. I, I don't. And I don't think there would be teams that would be flocking to him. I really don't believe he would get $30 million on the open market. I don't. Well, are you telling me that he's better than Cam Newton? Honestly? Uh, if, if those two were on the open market, and even though Cam's older, obviously, as long as I knew Cam was healthy, would I rather have an older Cam or a younger Dak? I will, and I'm no fan of Cam Newton. I think he's a dope, but I would take uh, an older Cam over Dak every day of the week. And look what's happening with with the uh, Cam now. Nobody is sniffing him. Nobody. Now, he probably wants to be a starter, and I'm sure he could sign as a backup, but I'm talking about being a starter. So who would, in their right mind, would give Dak Prescott, aside from Dallas, $30-plus million? I, I don't – I just uh, – maybe they would. I know I wouldn't. And I know if I'm Dallas, I'm okay with this. I'm not looking to sign him long-term. You know, he's got all the weapons in the world. He's in a division that's, that's pretty damn easy. Giants stink. Redskins stink. Eagles can't keep a quarterback healthy. The division is theirs for the taking. Uh, the conference itself is very, very difficult. Don't get me wrong, but the division is not, and he's not succeeded. He's not elevated this team further than it should be. He hasn't elevated himself. Nice numbers last year, but if you watch Dallas, you can't go by numbers anymore, as crazy as that sounds. You just can't. You know, every Tom Dick and Andy Dalton put up decent numbers. You can't go by the numbers. You go by wins and losses and games in which the team was in a position to win with a rally or two in the fourth quarter, and did they get the job done? And he didn't, and he hasn't for the most part. His numbers are there, but that's, you know, Andy Dalton's numbers were there. You know, Ryan Tannehill's numbers were there when he was with the Dolphins. There's been a number of quarterbacks that'll keep you in purgatory. He's going to keep you in purgatory. I don't think he's going to give you a, a Super Bowl winner. I don't. So if I'm Dallas... Great, you signed the $31 million, 
And look, one of two things can happen. Either you're so good and we go to the Super Bowl and we win or even lose, then, okay, let's talk turkey. I'll give you $30, $35 million over four or five years if you want it. Or you're so bad, you made up our decision for me because now I don't have to pay you because you stink and I don't want you anymore. And it's as simple as that. Or, you know, you can lower your salary because if uh, he ends up throwing for, you know, 15 to 20 interceptions, uh, you know, on top of his uh, normal 20 to 25 touchdown passes, well, he, again, he's not, he doesn't have the leverage uh, like Mikey thinks he has in order to demand 30 to $35 million. So, and then, you know, the other thing out of this is, think about this. If he's willing to settle for $31.4 million, you know, we have not really heard specifically what he is asking for. We've heard rumors, you know, somewhere in that, you know, 35 to $40 million range over five years or four years, but nothing really specific. Like we knew about Le'Veon Bell. We really don't know for sure about uh, Prescott, but if he's settling, for $31 million, how much is he asking for? $35 million? Dak Prescott? I'm telling you, I don't think there'd be a team that would give him that kind of money. I really don't. And I'm shocked they don't pull Jerry Jones aside and say, what the fudge are you doing? You know, if you're paying Dak that kind of money, what am I going to do with Pat Holmes when he becomes available for a new contract in a year? Wow. Bagels and bad beats on the Monday morning show. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagels and bad beats on this uh, Monday morning, 844-843-6879, the day after Father's Day, live and in living color right up until 7 uh, a.m. Eastern time. Talk about dopes, you know, as we mentioned, uh, the Tannenbaum and the uh, Dallas Cowgirls with the Dak Prescott situation, $31 million. Boy, how would you like to settle for $31.4 million bucks? Oh, yeah. Let's break out the, the toilet paper and tissues for poor old Dak, you know, making that kind of money. Wow. Uh, how about dopey Jamal Adams of the Jets, who's crying again about wanting to be traded? Now, keep this all in mind. He is under contract for the Jets, you know, for not only this upcoming season, if there is one, also next season. And then the Jets could still franchise them after that. And well, they, theoretically, they could franchise them again, but it does go up like it would with Dak. So, but realistically, they have two solid years of Jamal Adams under their belt without even worrying about the franchise tag yet at decent money, right? So he really has absolutely no leverage to talk about whatsoever. But he wants to be traded. And here's the kicker to the story, if you're not following it that closely. He is good. No, no question about it. He's one of the best safeties in the NFL. Uh, he, he's one of the key guys on that team. But as I mentioned on Friday, you know, you don't give safeties generally that kind of money. Cornerbacks, yes. Safeties, no. But he's, he's good. No question. You can debate whether he's the best one or not. And that's not uh, up for discussion here. But what is, is the, the, the context of it all. The reason why Jamal Adams, who originally loved New York slash New Jersey, has said on many occasions he wants to be a Jet for the rest of his life, as all these players you know, tend to do. But he got pissed 
because last year when the Jets were stinking out the joint, as they always do, thank you very much, they were taking on trade talks from different teams about different players. They asked the Jets, you know, is anyone in particular, you know, non-tradable? And they said no. I mean, the Jets suck, so why would they say yes, right? <clears throat> so Jamal Adams took a front to that because he compared then himself to Tom Brady, saying, you know, would the Patriots ever talk about trading Tom Brady? Well, and in the end, you know, after everything is said and done, did they trade Tom Brady? No, but did they let Tom Brady walk for nothing? Yeah. So in a lot of ways, they did even worse than that. You know, that if I'm a Jet organization guy, I would pull Jamal Adams in and say, you know, Remember that dopey comment you made, first of all, comparing yourself to the greatest quarterback of all time? Uh, well, in the end, the New England Patriots let Tom Brady walk. So if they were going to show so little respect for the GOAT, I think that comment about you and the and us, the Jets, you know, showing you a lack of supposed respect really gets thrown right out the window, right? But so he's pissed off that the Jets would not rule him out in trade talks, although they never traded him, obviously. So in his response to that is what? Asked to be traded. And it's like, wait a minute, you mope. That's why you were pissed off to begin with, because we were talking about trading you. You got so offended that we were thinking about trading you that now you're demanding a trade? I mean, wouldn't it be the, you know, wouldn't it be, you know, he would like to sign a long-term contract and the Jets aren't about to do that, but wouldn't that be your calling card? That, hey, you know what? <clears throat> you know, you threw my name out there. Nothing happened. I've been on record saying I want to be a Jet for the rest of my life. So let's get this done. I'm done three years. Collect the bargain agreement wise. I am allowed to get a new contract after three years. It's a first round pick. You don't have to do it. You know, see the Kansas City Chiefs, but you can do it. You know, see the LA Rams, uh, you know, with uh, Jared Goff. It is possible. Wouldn't that be his calling card? No. So he's pissed off that the Jets were thinking about trading him, supposedly, and his way of being pissed off is to demand a trade. The very thing the Jets were supposedly wrong for doing. It, it's That's the mentality of a football player. That's what you have to deal with. So on Friday, he said it's time to move on. He apparently told some fan who had a video, you know, we all have videos now. So he, I guess he was in the Dallas area. That's where he's from, which is why uh, Dallas is one of the teams, uh, the seven that he gave the Jets a list of. Again, he doesn't have any, you know, listen, they could trade him to Siberia if they wanted to. So it's kind of funny that would he actually make a request list. But anyway, um, you know, Dallas is one of the teams. So he's in the Dallas area. Someone asked him, you come with the Dallas? And he replied, I'm trying, bro. What does it mean? Anything? You know, was he, you know, just throwing fodder to the wind because it's some dopey fan on a bicycle, no doubt. Who knows? But, uh, you know, anything in 2020 makes news. So there you go. Will the Jets really do it? I don't know. Would Dallas really do it? I don't know. At this point, they only have apparently $11 million if, in fact, the Prescott signs the uh, franchise tag as he's expected to today. They don't have about $11 million in cap space. So, and Adams wants more than that. He wants 15 million bucks. So I don't know how they would squeeze him in. I'm sure they could get it done if they really, really wanted to. But I don't, I don't think Dallas is going to do that. I really don't. So, but you know, Jamal Adams, in, in a time where people are losing their jobs, losing houses, you know, no hope, you know, fearful of the coronavirus, the social unrest, they're still dopey Jamal Adams saying, give me more money, give me more money, give me more money. 
Unbelievable. See the video of uh, Dallas Goddard getting punched in the face in South Dakota of, North, of all places. I mean, there are certain states. Now, I've, I've never been to South Dakota uh, or any of the Dakotas north either. But there are certain states that you just think of, all right, you know, nothing can happen there. It's South Dakota, right? I mean, you know, it's nothing but cowboys and, and you know, buffalo and, and whatever. Nice, friendly people, South Dakota, right? So I don't know if he's from that area. I am assuming he is. But he's in a restaurant. And, you know, the story says he's eating dinner with his family, but it looked like it was a bar. Maybe it was like one of those bar restaurants, like a Friday's or something. And he seemingly is in a confrontation with someone because they, they there's a video out there of it. So it looks like he's got the other guy by a shirt, not throwing any punches, but there's, there's definitely something going on between uh, Goder and his other patron in the restaurant slash bar. And as he's confronting and tangling with that guy, some other guy, I'm assuming his buddy that he's, you know, tussling with, just squares off and just punches him in the face. And the way he did it and the timing of it, it was like Goder is looking towards his right. This guy's coming from his left. And at that very instant, he turns around to look to his left and boom, right smack in the face. He gets punched and down he goes, just flat, cold cock, just out. Just, just, just sucker punch galore, absolutely. But he was out for the count, taken to the hospital. Apparently he's okay, released from the hospital. But this is a big boy now. This is, he's 6'5", 250 pounds. So then a whole bunch of people jumped on the guy who punched him, but the video doesn't really show what happened to that person. The person that, uh, and this is why I know, don't, if you read the story, you know, they made it seem like when I first saw the story, I'm reading it, it, it sounds like he's sitting there with his, you know, family, like uh, Tony Soprano, and someone just kind of walks up to them at the table and punches them in the face for no reason. That's not what happened at all. Uh, he's standing, like I said, I think it's next to a bar. He's in this confrontation with this other guy. And then some other guy just cold clocks him, and, and down he goes. And then people kind of jumped on that guy. The guy that he was in the confrontation with, he's just kind of standing there. So that's why I know it couldn't have been a buddy. And they were just talking, you know, uh, because if that was the case, he would have gone to Godard, who was down on the ground, just out of it right away. In fact, I don't think he ever really did. He just kind of. You may hear him. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. <laughs> You know, one of the great sports myths of all time. Uh, you know, I'm going to write a book. Uh, great sports misnomers. Uh, my LLs know. I've been writing this book and thinking about it for 20 years now. But uh, most people, when they hear good old Howard Cosell say that, they think that's uh, Frazier versus Muhammad Ali. But it's not. It's actually Frazier versus uh, uh, George Foreman when Foreman sent him to the ground about 150 times in that fight. So, but that was, you know, a sucker punch of all sucker punches, absolutely, but he just, just wailed them. And, and I couldn't see from the video, but apparently there was like blood all over the place. Uh, but, uh, okay, supposedly. But even, the, again, South Dakota? South Dakotans? I mean, I, I thought people were friendly up there. Where, where can I move? I want to get the fudge out of New York. Where can I go that it's safe? I'm crossing off all these states. You know, Florida, I'm not going down there with alligators. Alabama, you know, cross that state off the list now. I'm not going anywhere where there's nooses. Uh, no, no thanks. I don't need that kind of, uh, you know, people around my family. So, 
you know, where, New York, forget about it. Too, too much crime. It's too damn expensive here. Uh, Washington, the state of, no, I can't do that. Not with all the stuff that's going on in Seattle. How's that social unrest area there working out there, Seattle? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, someone got shot over the weekend. They wouldn't even allow the police in. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, and no police. Yeah, that, that's, that's the way to go. So as, as the, the days move on, my list of potential landing spots for years truly is dwindling every single day because there's something always going on. And uh, South Dakota, yeah, I do like Maine. I am thinking, I, I actually vacationed in Maine at Lake Pemaquid uh, a few years back, and we're thinking about going up there again if they open up. Uh, it's kind of like a, I don't want to say resort because that's not, a, just a cabin area and there's a lake there, hence Lake Pemaquid. And that, that was actually kind of nice, so I may do that. But um, that might be a little too far north. For me, I, I need to be somewhat close to a city, you know, uh, you know, somewhere within maybe driving distance of Boston, maybe in Vermont or New Hampshire. Rhode Island sounds nice, but it's damn expensive in Rhode Island. Have you ever been to Rhode Island? But South Dakota, uh, scratch it off the list for sure. 844-843-6879. But hopefully this guy is OK. But you would think again, you know, of all places, uh, it would be OK in South Dakota, but apparently not. Yikes getting punched in the face. More coronavirus stuff. Nick Watney uh, has it on the PGA Tour, and uh, Grigor Dimitrov has it in the tennis world. So two more people coming down with the coronavirus. But you know what? The show must go on, and that's how the MLB, NBA, NHL, and everyone else are, are standing at it. So kudos to them. We'll talk a little baseball coming up next. Uh, and me and Mike Tyson in the boxing ring. we got to make it happen. All the bagels and bad beef. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. favorite songs. I want them to play this at my funeral. I really do. I love this song. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday morning, 844-843-6879. You know, we've only been here for two weeks, just getting this show started, if you will. Uh, we've had phone callers, obviously. We've had texts. We've had tweets. We've had uh, YouTube comments. We've had just about everything except guests. Uh, but we can scratch that off the list uh, as of today because uh, you hear them all the time and you watch them all the time on the morning after on our uh, sister station or how do we want to call it? Uh, our home, really. Uh, and that is uh, Sports Grid. And uh, that is our good buddy, Jared Smith, the co-host of the morning after. Jared, uh, Scott, what's up, what's up, bud? How are you this morning, bud? Scotty, it's great to hear your voice again, man. Uh, everything's doing great here on the network. Um, I'm thrilled you're doing this show, and I think the name I think the name suits you about as perfectly as any <laughs> name for a show has ever suited anybody in the history of sports broadcasting. Well, you're right because I was saying earlier, you know, I I picked the winner of the Belmont as I've I, I think it's now four or five <laughs> out of the last uh, two plus years of these Triple Crown races, but I lost because. 
you know, did I just play uh, the one horse to the law straight up? No, I got to put it in exactas and reverses with a couple <laughs> of horses that are going to be dog. Of course. You can have. So even when you pick that's a winner. That's the only way to really win. Yeah, that's really the only way to win in this particular race, though. So I think you made the right play. It just was one of those bad beats, I guess, that, that we're going to be talking about a lot uh, on this show, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. hopefully we get sports up and up and running. So give me your overall impressions of, of what's going on. Uh, you know, maybe I'll delve into some specifics, but just overall, what's life been like for you guys, you know, trying to host a couple-hour morning show with no sports uh, going on and, and – uh, and uh, what's your outlook? I personally, Jared, I don't, I don't, uh, uh, Jared, I don't think we're going to have sports. I really don't, at least not this year. But wow. uh, your impressions? I, I think the NBA and the NHL. I think the bubble plans will work. I, I, I do think that's really the only way to do it. Now, obviously, the pushback we've gotten on the NBA front has been a little more uh, unexpected uh, because of the social unrest. I do think they will end up playing, though, because there's just there's just too much money on the line. Uh, the NHL plan, I mean, these guys would play through a hurricane if they could, uh, and I guess the Hurricanes are playing in it, so I guess technically they are playing in a hurricane or with <laughs> hurricanes. So I, I, I do think I, – I think those plans are sound. I think the bubble is really the only way to do it because we're, you know, we're seeing even inside bubbles that we're having these issues. So uh, I think the golf has given uh, a good, and, and also UFC have given at least some kind of checklist of what leagues need to do to get themselves back to play. Major league baseball is an entirely different story. I mean, I've been sick to my stomach the last few weeks going back and forth with these two sides. Uh, it, it is kind of ironic that we do get at least some respite uh, and, and at least a window to play in these summer months. And of course, Major League Baseball is going to find a way to screw it up because they're not going to be able to figure out if they want to play 60 games or 70 games. And, and I don't think that's going to be what derails them. I hope at least the optimist in me says that they're going to be able to figure out the difference between 60 and 70. And you just hope that 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 cooler heads will prevail. Uh, I'm not 100% sure of that because of what we've seen in the past with these two sides. Now, football is becoming another issue, Scott, and, and I think football is becoming, ironically enough, uh, as as certain as we were during the NFL draft in those times that the NFL was just going to kind of push through. You know, now the, the virus is starting to rear its ugly head again in a lot of these southern states that, you know, football players are outside working out, and especially the college players, Texas and uh, Clemson, and, and, you know, these are – Southern states where people are outside and the players are all working out together and you're starting to see these clusters. That scares me. I'm not saying I'm on the edge yet where I'm saying it's all going to be done and I'm 100% sure we're not going to have football this fall, but that scares me a little bit. And I think that's something they need to work out and, and figure out a way to kind of create an ecosystem like what the NBA and the NHL have done. I do think the NBA and the NHL will play, though. Baseball, I, I would say it's probably 50 50. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough, I tell you, with these colleges, Jared, because uh, God forbid something should happen to one of these players. That That's going to be the end. I mean, I know they're signing off on these. Uh, I, and I don't really know how, honestly, how legal they really would be. I know, so they're signing off on giving up their rights and knowing that they're susceptible to getting the virus. But, you know, God forbid one of these kids gets it and something serious happens to that kid, that, that that's that's going to be the end. And I think... I think the NBA is going to be the, you know, okay, let's see how things go in the NBA and the NHL for that matter. And uh, if things blow up as I'm anticipating them doing, then that's going to shut down all the other sports uh, because you can't, to me, you can't. Yeah, play I, 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 I think, 
I, I, I definitely think the NBA has a unique advantage uh, and the NHL because they just don't yeah. have that many games left. Whereas Major League Baseball, and that's been obviously a holdup, is literally has been the number of games it, it, that they don't. And, and, and college sports, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think the college, and, and we've said this on the show for, for a while, is because of the amateur aspect to it, it does present a lot more difficulties. And I think that is why college will have to be the most altered or at least the most controlled. And I think it was Dabo that said, I was watching the, or was reading some of his quotes from, from what he said to the team after they had all those positive tests. And he's like, listen, between now and August 29th, you guys have to do everything I, we, like the, the university says. Like literally to the step, to the letter, where you go, what you go, how you conduct your business on a daily basis – because it's, you know, it, these are 18 to 22-year-old kids. They're going to make decisions on the fly, especially if they're on a college campus and they're college football players. I mean, these kids have not been known to make good decisions even when there isn't a pandemic. But now that there is, they do have to be incredibly buttoned up. And, you know, you're asking a kid who's the most popular kid, you know, all these college kids, especially the kids at Clemson, they're the most popular kids on campus. You're asking them to totally isolate themselves from everyone else around them. It's a very hard thing to ask a 20-year-old kid to do. Uh, and I think that's why, you know, you have to multiply that by 90 times every team. And I think that is what that's the biggest challenge with the college game is that you're dealing with people that aren't doing it for their livelihood. And and so they don't have that focus and that, all right, I'm going to block everything out. Like LeBron doesn't tweet during the playoffs. You know, he blocks everyone out. He doesn't go anywhere. He doesn't do anything. It's like the playoffs. That's it. You know, you're asking a college kid to do that for three months. A very hot, tough ask. And I think that's where the college game is going to struggle. And you're right, Scott. If they get a big cluster of this, it's very hard not to shut it down. And, and, and I think there might be a point where we do have to shut something down, and that's going to feel re- that's going to be real crappy. You know, from a gambling standpoint, as we talk with Jared Smith, co-host of the morning after 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern time on uh, Sports Grid TV. I, I, I'm curious, Jared. And listen, I, you know me. I'm a conspiracy guy. I, I want to see LeBron <laughs> or, you know, one of the other big name, you know, NBA players or hockey players for that matter. But I want to see them come down with the virus, which is very possible, be asymptomatic, no problems, no sniffling, no anything. And I want to see the NBA come in and say, sorry, LeBron, I know you're, you know, game seven NBA finals chance to win another championship but uh you tested positive you know i i want to see that before that really happens i I think you're gonna see it at some point i mean i i I don't know if you're gonna see it in the nba i i I think i think the nba and the nhl i think once they get to the bubble and obviously the issues are having in florida right now are 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 a different concern just getting to the bubble but i do think that when these guys actually get to the bubble and they're like, wow, this is, you know, a very different feeling than anything we've had. I think that they'll, you know, take care of their business, i.e. not do something stupid, go out and ride, and ride the rides on, you know, Space Mountain and, and pick up the virus from somewhere stupid like that. So I, I'm confident that, that once they're in the bubble and they're safe, they're going to be okay. Is, is there a chance that a rogue person gets it throughout the course of the bubble? Maybe. I, I think the NFL is, is where that is really more of a possibility. And, and, you know, like a Patrick Mahomes type, you know, picks it up and, and all of a sudden he's out for a month. And, and that would be a very tough blow to the Chiefs, just like any, you know, big-time quarterback, you know, getting an injury at any point in the season would be a big-time blow. And I, I do think we will face that at some point. And I, I tell you what, some of these guys might even be thinking, too, some of the more crazier ones, hey, I want to get it now. 
you know, the football players. I right. want to get it now. Yeah. And then so I'm not going to get it again in September. And and I and I'm not going to say that that's what happened with Ezekiel Elliott or any of the other NFL players. I think we saw a couple of Bucks players also tested positive. I'm not saying that that's what happened. But if I'm Ezekiel Elliott, I'm thinking to myself, all right. I'm not going to die from this. I'm going to get, I have it. I don't think I'm going to get it again. And now I don't have to worry about it this season. You, you might see, especially once they come out with some treatments for this, when it, you know, if, and when, hopefully it just becomes like the flu and, and really it is like that. And you could just treat yourself and you survive. Then I think more players would want to get it because then they're not going to be out there in those two or three weeks. So it, it does set up for some unique times. I, I guess this is more the optimist in me. I, I do think once we get to a bubble, I hope the bubble does its job, which is to keep the virus out. That's what the bubble is for. And, and, and I think the NFL is designing an ecosystem that's similar to that, but not quite as protective. So that's why I think the NFL, there might be some chinks in the armor. As far as a gambling thing, you know, you have to, I, I want to find out how they do it. Like the NFL, I know it sounds like they're going to test a couple of days during the week. So that's going to, Jared, you know, eliminate one of our favorite pastimes, and that's trying to get the old middle, right? You see the lines on a Sunday night, maybe a Monday. <laughs> you bet the, the following week's games, but you can't do that now because you can be betting on the Green Bay Packers or pick a team, you know, yeah. thinking that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback. And lo and behold, you know, on Friday, we find out he failed, a, you know, a, a coronavirus test. He's going to be out for two weeks, and there you are sitting, you know, holding on to the Packers minus seven. So same thing with the NBA. Are they going to do it an hour before the game? Are they doing it a day before the game? You know, you hate to be betting on a team thinking they're going to have a superstar player, and all of a sudden you find out the superstar player is not playing because he t- failed the virus test. I, I think that that's a good point. I, I think from a gambling perspective, we're just going to have to be a lot more careful. Uh, we're going to have to do a lot more research than we normally would do. I think we're going to have to know when teams test every week. I, I think we're going to have to, kind of like with the injury reports, I think we're going to have to start handicapping the coronavirus test yeah. <laughs> like it's part of our normal handicap. Like this team, this team tests Monday. All right, well, this team tests Tuesday. Well, maybe I don't want to look at, you know, if, if both these teams are playing each other and one tests one day, the other tests the other day, I don't want to bet until after all the tests come through. And another part of this that is very interesting, and it goes back to the Ezekiel Elliott thing, it, because this is such a new virus, usually when you, and you know this, usually when you sign your contract with a team, you forego some of your HIPAA laws. I, where does this fall into that? Is this just part of your, because when we say someone's sick, usually it's just an illness. They don't really reveal what the illness is all the time. Sometimes they do. If it's the flu and something innocent, they'll reveal it. But if it's something serious, a lot of times they will not reveal that. And we've had situations in, in college basketball even. What about Tim Kloos this year at Iona? You know, we yeah. don't know what he, you know, and it was just, he had a medical issue. We don't know what it is. So is the, are we going to be able to report that it's coronavirus? Ezekiel Elliott wasn't too happy that the reporters found out and his agent confirmed it. So is that part of the collective bargaining agreement in the NFL? Are they going to add that in, that the coronavirus is part of one of those things that you give up your HIPAA laws for? It, you know, when it comes to a knee injury, it, unfortunately, you don't have a choice. They say it's your knee injury. You know, he tore his ACL. We, you know, we don't have that in, in this situation now. So there needs to be some, some you know, adjudication with the, with the laws in the NFL. So I, I think overall it's a very tricky situation. And I, I, unfortunately, this is so new that we're never going to really find a direct answer right away. It's going to kind of be this step-by-step process where we're just kind of, you know, kind of like when you're, when you're walking to your bed in the middle of the night and the lights are off, you're trying to tiptoe so you don't hit the bed. I feel like that's how we're trying to get to the NFL season. We're just kind of tiptoeing and we're hoping we don't, you know, run into the nightstand and spill our water everywhere. 
Jared, great job, man. I appreciate a couple minutes with you this morning. Uh, have some fun this morning with you and Ariel. It's the morning after 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern time. Check him out uh, on uh, the easiest place. It's probably sports and great YouTube So, Jared, uh, good job, man. I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll do it again uh, sometime soon. Absolutely, Scott. Anytime, brother. Great to be back on with you. You got it, man. Uh, Jared, there you go. The morning after. All right, 844-843-6879. We'll close up shop next right here on Vegas. Matt Beaton on the Monday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Yeah, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. or at least not in life. Maybe we'll pick him up a little bit more tomorrow. That is uh, good old Mike Tyson back in the news doing an interview for, uh, I think it's a podcast or a YouTube show. Uh, it was kind of funny because he was actually in bed. I mean, the guy is so freaking old. Uh, you know what? I, I thought for sure when he talked about maybe making a comeback, he sent out a video a few weeks back. Now you got uh, a UFC fighter, uh, John Jones, challenging him. You know what? I, I could kick Mike Tyson's ass. I'll fight him. I'll do it. Give me any amount of money, just as long as it's six figures. I don't even need seven figures. Give me six figures, and I'm telling you right now, I could kick Tyson's ass. The guy's doing an interview in freaking bed, for goodness sake. If you think, I, I've gone completely 180 on this. If you think Mike Tyson has absolutely anything left, do yourself a favor. Take out his last fight against Kevin Stinkin' McBride, an absolute nobody, 50. Years ago, he got his butt kicked. If Kevin McBride could beat Mike Tyson 15 years ago, then yours truly, Mr. Vegas, could beat Mike Tyson today. Uh, our, our gambling uh, uh, golf picks didn't do too well. Uh, sticking Ricky Fowler, he didn't even make the cut. Jason Day didn't even make the cut. Those guys might have been a thousand to one. Tony Finau finished high for 33rd. So that's bad news number one. Bad news number two. Webb Simpson won. Why is that so bad? Because he was one of the guys we had last week in the tournament. And I picked three guys, and I said I was just going to play these three guys every single week, as I'm going to do. Why didn't we use that philosophy? Why wasn't Webb Simpson one of the guys this week? I don't know. It's because I am who I am. Uh, that's it. We had Webb Simpson last week. We didn't play him this week, and he wins this week, and he doesn't win last week. There you go. That's life with yours truly. But we will give you winners uh, throughout the course of our program for sure. Hey, guys, great job by the phone calls, the emails, and tweets. I'll get to all those when the show is done. Have yourselves a great rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Bagels and Bad Beats. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.